Testing, testing. You sound good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and you're good to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Sivan, um, it's been uh, quite a week, um, and uh, let's start. Um, I've been having a lot of nightmares and uh, 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 dreams, and it's been weird. Um, been very uh, real, very uh, uh, vivid. Um, and, uh, let's see, um, Alright, so I had a dream where my mom had this weird start over um so it's been uh, quite a week um and i've been having a lot of weird dreams on in my apartment without my uh brother and sister they uh haven't really been getting along with me and they uh left the state which is uh always nice i mean i've been staying up to like 12 or 1ish and when when i eat and then i stay up like i have these weird tense you know sometimes it's a nightmare sometimes it's a dream and i had this uh dream where my mom had a it was facial hair you know like a hair on her chin a, a, on, on her lips a goatee and uh and then there was this part where i i was talking to this girl and um she didn't want me to sit uh uh, uh, by her, and um, she wanted me to get a, a test. It was like a, uh, 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 AIDS test, 
And I said I couldn't. I needed to get my uh, TB uh, test. And I needed to do that in uh, real life for, um, oh shit, it was for uh, a crossing guard job, which I'm trying to do now. So everything that happened in the dream was actually going on in my real life. It was fucking weird. And there was another part where um, I was trying to call my sister to uh, help me get my test uh, uh, results that I need for the job because I gave it to my boss. And then he lost them. <laughs> he lost my TB test results. And then um, I trying to call her and she couldn't help. And then I was making fun of my face when I was sitting by this girl. And she wanted me to get an AIDS test because she thought I was infected with uh, STDs. And um, uh, um, I was making fun of how weird my face looks with my eyes. Here it's kind of white and here it's kind of purplish. And I had that dream last night. And two nights before that, I had a nightmare where the house was on fire. I could smell like smoke. And I woke up immediately. That's just fine, you know? I don't know. Whenever I'm alone, I'm just afraid that I'm going to burn the house down. Maybe the stove is on. And then, remember this one time I, I got high, and I woke up, and I thought the laundry uh, machine um, was overflowing with, like, soap, and the whole house is going to have like soap and be flooded and just be a mess and kind of like that you know um oh shit um and uh so i i was on santa monica boulevard two days ago and i don't know if this was a joke if this was for real but i was whistling and this guy said hey faggot quit whistling and then he he pulled the gun. It wasn't a real gun. It was his hand. Pulled the handgun. And he's like, bang, bang, you're dead. I, I was I was defenseless. I couldn't do anything. And I just, just made fun of myself and laughed for like half an hour. But I couldn't do anything. I was uh, screwed, you know? I had nothing. I had no little pocket knife. Because you can carry a knife if it's less than two inches, you know? If it's really, really short, I think you're allowed to have it. There are certain knives you can't carry in the state of California. But uh, I had nothing. You know, this guy probably would have mugged me if he had a real gun. <laughs> I <was> screwed. <laughs> um, but what's going on in my life is just these weird, intense dreams I had because I stayed up late and I ate. And food affects your dreams. And I almost got mugged. Um, trying to get a job, preferably a fun one, um, but as a crossing guard, but like, I thought if I could work outside, I wouldn't have to wear one of those, uh, cloths, those masks, but no, I gotta wear one of those too, um, but really, all I want to talk about is Don Imus, um, he's a guy who got his start way, way back in the day, I like old things, I really do like old movies and TV shows and, you know, radio. And it's so outdated. It's so different. 
but you go back and you look and um uh let me see and it's just a different world because there are commercials podcasts don't really have commercials some have ads but it's all about pr- these products and these reads but Don got his start in like the late 60s, like so long ago. Um, and uh, it, it was, um, I think it was in Cleveland, but he, he, he had a lookalike contest for this member of a civil rights group, like a Panther, a lookalike contest for a black guy. <laughs> and they saw it as racist and demeaning way back in the day. And, um, that is so fucking funny. Like, that is so crazy and insane that it's just, <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Um, but Don, uh, he got in trouble for a lot of things. He, he once ordered 1,200 hamburgers. You know, I don't think the, uh, FCC, you know, FCC did care, but the radio station didn't really give a shit so he, he was on the phone with them and i think they ordered him 1200 hamburgers and um he got in trouble with the fcc uh there was like a small fine but he would do those outrageous things throughout his career you know he would make fun of politicians and he was this disc jockey in new york and in cleveland and uh um you know, uh, he um, he didn't talk much. It wasn't a talk show. He just played music. And he talked for like a minute or two, then back to the music. Then there was an ad read. And then he talked about the weather, talked about the news. And then uh, there was an interview with a guy here or there. But that was in like the 80s or so. But back in the 70s when this guy was really blowing up with the lookalike contest, ordering hamburgers... Um, it was another thing he said, uh, where was it? Um, this is the quote. Go to the experts, the John Suckamup boys. Once you see their long hose, you'll never forget them. And I'm pretty sure, uh, when he was at WGAR, I think that's the name of the station, in Cleveland, they kept him, even though they wanted him out, you know? And he just kept getting bigger and bigger and doing crazier things. And by the late 70s, he started, he was just depressed because it wasn't a talk show or a news show. He really couldn't do much. It was him and Charles McCord, and they were just talking about the news and, and sports. But he got fired and went back to Cleveland because he was uh, abusing drugs and things like cocaine and drinking on the air. And then by the 80s, when there was the drug epidemic. I think he got back into it, and then he got fired again. And then by the 90s, he had his political show on WFAN um, and just making fun of politicians. So he would call, like, there was one guy, um, he would make fun of Ebola and call saying Africans are eating monkeys. <laughs> and he called Newt Gingrich, who was a politician or governor who really gives a shit um a man who would eat roadkill 
and it said Ted Kennedy is a fat slob with a head the size of a dumpster, and Clinton, this guy, uh, the guy on uh, Epstein's Island, that Clinton, um, frequently a fat pant load, <laughs> and he would, back in the day, back in like the 90s or so, this is a big, d now it's not, it's not, it's not big, it's not a big deal, it's not dramatic, but back then, huge, you know, huge. This guy was angry. He burned so many bridges. Didn't have a lot of friends. And that that person, I'm just obsessed with. You know? He was like that. Kevin Brennan's just like that. Um, Dr. House, even though he's in a real persona, is like that. Um, and this guy had this just insane career. You know? He, uh, holy shit. He, uh, he did all of these things, and he kept getting banned, but he kept coming back. And after WFAN, he was on MSNBC with his uh, own show. The 90s on, in the 90s, he was on uh, C-SPAN. And uh, then by the 2010s, when NBC became liberal or, liberal or so, he was on Fox. And the show just became so bad, so boring, and one of the most unwashable things ever period um but i discovered him probably like 10 days ago or so and these radio guys are just crazy because you listen to it rather than watching it. it's kind of like a podcast in a way and use your imagination and you feel involved but now you just watch a show if it's on youtube or on rumble which i got kicked off of i just posted uh, you know, just short clips of the most disgusting things. And I got banned within, like, a day or two. Um, and, but during those days, you had Stern, who was just huge in the 90s and 80s. And they were competing against each other. And uh, they hated each other. And they have all these wars. And in the 2000s, you have uh, ONA and all these guys. And now it's just different, you know. Now you can edit things out, and it's not live. It's not, like, instant. It's not dangerous. Because when you're doing something live, anything can go wrong at any moment. SNL, they tape live, but only on the East Coast. And then when they air it for uh, West Coast, they tape things out. They uh, cut things out. Um, people like Andrew Dice Clay, Sam Kinison did outrageous things on um, SNL. And... Uh, Certain things had to get cut because it was uh, bad. But Don Imus is this guy who, who was just miserable and didn't give a shit. He was angry and he did political things and made fun of everybody. And his show was much funnier when he did uh, that character, uh, Billy Sol Hargis, this reverend, and he really was able to influence people through religion, even though he wasn't really that religious in the first place. Nah, nah. Um, but, uh, there was this clip I saw on Internet Archive about Larry King. I'll have to, uh, add it in. But, um, there was this guy fighting against, you know, lung cancer and smoking and tobacco companies in the late 70s or so when smoking was, you know, good and not really good, but people thought it was good. People weren't against it. 
But by like 1981, 82, smoking was just gone. It wasn't on Life magazine anymore. Nobody really, really smoked on TV. And this guy goes on his radio show back in Miami. And uh, there's this debate between the guy who's against it and the guy who's for it. He works for uh, uh, maybe the Camel uh, Cigarette Company. And um, he was just bashing Larry. And this was posted in like 2018 or so. Well, Larry was still alive. He's, he's gone now. But um, this, this guy was just bashing him, telling him that, you know, Larry, he, he delayed the anti-smoking movement by a decade. It basically, to wrap up the old clip, he just called him an asshole, which is so fucking funny. Um, but uh, he was with him, and Larry was giving him tough questions and hard balls and made him look bad and made the other guy look good And because he was a smoker himself. And he was smoking in the guy's face who was against it. And... Um, it was a small room, a small uh, place where the smoke, you could smell it, it went in your lungs. And he, he, he said, hey, Larry, let's, uh, you know, quit because I, I can't, can't breathe, I can't talk, I can't debate with all the smoke in here. And, and then he said, if you don't like the smoking, then you can leave. <laughs> and that is, that is not CNN, Larry. He was all positive. That is not... Uh, or TV, Larry King Live, Larry. No, it's like that is a fucking douche. It was like if you don't, if you don't like my smoking, you can fucking leave. You know, like something like that. You gotta listen to it. If you go to Internet Archive and you search, um, just search. Um, where was it? It was a uh, Larry King A dash hole. <laughs> Some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. In my life, funny, funny stuff. Um, back to Imus. Um, this is uh, an article on Media Matters for America. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Imus smeared. This is the uh, headline. Um, Imus smeared Hillary Clinton, that buck-toothed witch Satan. <laughs> this is so funny. And Al Gore, the phoniest bastard on the planet. Which is funny because he's for the planet. He he's the one who ran all the. Uh, he started this. He made this documentary about we needed to take care of the earth and all that. And I saw something on Fox News. Uh, it was like this is old, but Don Imus clashed with Clinton's at D.C. correspondent dinner. Blah blah. Nineteen ninety six. And I'm so sick of politics, aren't you? Politics. Um, politics are just boring. You know what I mean? They're just, they're not interesting. They're really not. People that, that run these political uh, shows on on uh, the Daily Wire, Rumble, are so boring. They're so fucking boring, you know? They have nothing interest, interesting to say. They're not funny. They're not silly. They're very professional. Now, Candace Owens is at her own, like, talk show now. She has a desk and an audience. It's, it's just weird. It's really weird where these people are going with this. But um, how that connects to Imus is he was very political. 
but at least he was he was funny. At least he got angry and shat on his producers and his co-host made fun of him. He, he was always making fun of Charles McCourt for having a mouthful of food, you know. People always made fun of him for having long hair and making fun of him for being a, a, a transsexual way back in the day before that was even a thing. And uh, saying like, oh, I, I thought you were a girl. I'm so sorry for uh, asking you out on a date. Um, even though he was political, he was still funny. He still had a sense of humor, you know. And he really made himself vulnerable. It's just some of the greatest stuff. Listen to this guy. But go back, and it's like it's an, a show with just audio, you know. You got music. You got all these ads and all these reads. But he didn't – he couldn't do enough. And it took him his entire fucking career to get where he wanted to be. And then he was finally happy. Fine. People say Stern is now Imus because he left his wife for a younger, hotter uh, model. And uh, that may be the case, but Stern Show now is bad. It is really bad. It's so boring. And you have all these uh, interviews, and he's positive, and he never really gets angry. But at least I miss got angry. That was the one difference. Like, I don't think Stern ever gets... Like, they came to a point where I miss would just apologize, and that was just pathetic, you know, for the nappy-headed host. And there was this... Uh, clip I found where it was about this guy calls into the show and uh, he does this pitch or this bit about black beetles and all these songs and you all have to look it up we're all adding the clip um, but it's Don Imus black beetles how do you not get fired for this um, and it's just some of the funniest stuff but these guys which had to be so positive on the air for right away before Sirius XM or uh, regular uh, uh, XM, and um, it's just miserable people. Like he had to pretend to be somebody he wasn't. He had to pretend to uh, fucking be positive and happy because you don't want to turn on the radio and then listen to this depressed guy who's abusing alcohol and drugs. No, you want the the fun guy, right? Yeah, yeah. You want the, the guy smiling or kidding around, laughing, you know? Although people love drama, they, they want uh, some some fun, some fun. But I think that's all I got on Imus and the Larry King thing and him just shitting on politicians and being funny. You know, um, I'm bringing these books. I'm not a huge book guy, but uh, when you can trust the person you're uh, – trust the author – when you can, uh, when it's honest and it's compelling, it's like, yeah, this is a pretty good book. And if it's funny, if it's a fun, I don't like drama. I like comedy. So I was reading uh, Anthony Cumia's book. Oh, that's a good, that's a good book. Then I started reading uh, Ari Lang's book, Too Fat to Fish, and Don's book, his only book, uh, God's Other Son, which has nothing to do with religion. He's just doing it from the uh, point of view of uh, Billy Sol Hargis. This, um, reverend that says these outrageous things and some people say it's, it's racist or sexist but at the end of the day it's hilarious what he says like there was one part of the book where he's like people ask me how do you know god is a man how do you know god is is white why, why couldn't he be black and uh, he said 
if God could choose a race, if you think he'd want to be black, if you think he'd want to be a woman, <laughs> as ridiculous and crazy, I could just see people freaking just losing their minds over a line like that in a book. And this is like 1987 when PC culture was around. It was in the 50s, the 80s, now. And my God, is that a funny line? That's so funny. You know, it's like, if God was, if he had to choose the, the, the race that really had the most privilege, why, why wouldn't he choose the white one? Why the black one, you know? It's just, you can't say that. But he did, and he got away with it. And it got published by uh, Simon and Schuster, or no, it was um, Kegel. I can't remember the names. The guy who re reviews all, all the review all those uh, movies. I can't remember their names. Uh, no, Schuster and Siegel. That's what it was. Schuster and Siegel published his book. Holy shit, is that funny? Um, but do 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 do. Um, I was thinking maybe I should I should. Uh, talk about my name but I'm not really sure because whenever I'm introducing myself I can never say my name because I don't know I can only tell my name to a person I really trust because I have a girl's name my name is Hebrew and every girl that's named Sivan is a model or makeup artist so it's pathetic it's like yeah my name's Sarah Lee or m my name's Alex because Alex could be boy or girl but it's stupid it's really stupid and then I thought of Elon Musk who has the most ridiculous names for his children. So, he has a son named, like, Griffin, which is relatively normal. And then he has a son named Damien, sure. Uh, and then uh, Kai, which is kind of like, you know, Cobra Kai, kind of like Asian, which is all right. And then Xavier and Saxon, which kind of, it's kind of in the the deep end there, just a little bit. And then he named the most recent one, which is like a year or two ago, XAEA-12, like, that 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 is not a name for a human. That's a name for a robot or a code you type in to design a video game. My God, holy shit! Um, oh, that is just something else. <laughs> it's really just uh, it's something else. I'll tell you that much. Um, why would you name your kid a bunch of block letters and code? That was going through his mind. But um, uh, these these dreams. I had this dream last night. I already went over this, but I walk into the kitchen and my mom had this goatee, like Dave Foley has uh, from uh, News Radio. Um, holy shit. Um, and uh, well, uh, I remember my brother dropped something and he said, "Hey, pick it up," and um, because I know he's into guys and he just wanted to stir up my ass and then I remember wanting to call my sister so she could uh, get the results back from my TV desk because my boss lost them and I needed to get this job um, and then what was it there was the girl thing she wanted me to get like an STD test or an AIDS test uh, and I said no I can't because I already got a TV test and I want all these needles in my arm and that was all, that was all real in my real life, even though, even though it was another reality, <laughs> even though, uh, probably don't need this, yeah, I probably don't really need this, 
even though, uh, my God, let me just scoot in here. Even though, uh, holy shit. Even though it wasn't real, it was just a dream. Yeah, um, can, can, can you uh, turn, turn it up? Can you turn it? I can't hear myself. Can Yeah, that's my phone. Okay. Okay. Um, and even though it was just like a dream, it was weird. It was really weird. Um, because you wake up fr from from these dreams, and then there are these reminders. It's like, oh, oh, it's kind of like Lost. Have you watched Lost? And then they're in that afterlife, and then they have all these flashbacks. So it's kind of like that. That's how I uh, look at it. And uh, oh my god. It's it's trippy because it's like my real life is in the dream. It's like I'm bringing. It's so vivid. It's so real. Um, but I had these. I had this uh, nightmare. I, I, I can't believe I'm going back to this. But I did such a shitty job before. But I had this dream that the house is on fire. Because because now that the my okay. This is how how much of a crybabies my uh, siblings are. Like, I'm just talking, expressing my opinion, and they're so pissed, they can't handle it. Oh, it's giving me uh, anxiety. I'm having a panic attack. That they had to leave the state. They had to leave. Fucking, uh, they're gone. They're just, whew, fucking, uh, whole nother place. I'm just afraid I'm going to burn the house down, because I, I have neighbors uh, above me, and I have to check. I have to literally have to touch the, the, the stove, this one, because there's four uh, burners. The one, two, three, four, and I literally have to take pictures just to, because I know I did, but I'm not sure. That's how shitty my confidence is. I'm not, I'm not even confident I turn off the stove. Um, by this dream that the house was on fire, and just woke up because I, I, I thought I smelled smoke, and the same thing happened when uh, I got too high, and I had this hallucination. That the dryer was was going and soap was coming out of it. Even though I think a uh, a washer should probably do that have soap. I don't even dryers don't even have soap. So I, I had a dream that and I just woke up immediately, immediately, and just going back and forth into the kitchen getting something to eat, having that dry throat, dry. And that's all a blur too. It's like I know I did it, but I don't remember it because you're using a different part of your brain. Because it's this different, different um, uh, mode. I don't know. Different consciousness. Even though you're conscious, you're not. Um, let me look at my notes here. What the hell do I have? Um, uh, um, I think there was another thing I was going to go over. Um, let me see. I went over that. But a bunch of videos. Um, probably add those in later. But I, I found this these weird videos where it was um. It was uh, what was it? It was Jurassic Park, but instead of a dinosaur, it's a cat. It was this. It was Owl Kitty. It's just so, it's so dumb and ridiculous and just insane and crazy. And it's like, okay, this is actually kind of funny. And if you don't know Kyle Dunn again, it's just just a genius is um 
has this character named Craig, and I, Craig is so funny, so fucking funny, and, uh, um, so, Craig, uh, he reminds me a lot of, like, Mr. Bean or Monk, this awkward guy, who's, like, nervous, but so funny, so funny, and, uh, the third clip, um, because I can't actually show off the, uh, edit them in, was this sitcom, or this TV show, Tom Hanks did, called Bosom Buddies, and he's in this apartment, that's made for, like, girls, and him and his, uh, friend, um, who, uh, is played by, uh, Peter Scolari, Christmas Girls, like, it's, uh, um, as hot as it gets, or white chicks, and it's just weird, it's, <laughs> it's really weird, and it's really gay. I, I just don't understand it. It's one of the things that it was like, it's the 80s. I get it. I, like, oh, I don't know. That's, that's a little weird, ain't it? Um, but, uh, <laughs> one of those odd things. I have nothing else in my notes here. Um, other than I can't lie. Okay. But, uh, you know, all these clips in the 80s. Was that a weird decade or what? Things are pretty PC. You have these really catchy songs, really catchy, that if you listen to them too much, you're sick of them. You're just sick of the, you know, if it's, uh, what was it, um, you have U2, um, Africa, I think that was a band, uh, 70s as well with, like, ABBA, but, um, what were the other ones? It was, a uh, Toto, that was a band, Toto, uh, there was another one, um, oh, I can't even have the internet here, um, let me think, I can't, I can't even, like, comedies, oh, John Hughes comedies are so, are so good that they're so bad, like, you just, you've seen them too many times, like, he did so many movies, like, The Breakfast Club, or Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or, I know he did, like, Home Alone, but a lot of John Candy movies, like Stripes, and Uncle Buck, these comedies, man, but, um, uh, it's just weird, it's really weird, um, because you go back, and especially if you're, uh, growing up now, and you listen to these songs and watch these shows, like, 80s sitcoms, like, you know, Different Strokes, uh, Married to Children, which is such a classic, um, and they got away with a lot on that show, surprisingly, but they got away with a lot, um, Married to Children, Cheers, uh, Taxi, and sort of, it was like late 70s, early, uh, 80s, um, can't even think of all of them, but, uh, what else did you have? Um, 80s got like Star Wars, maybe Star Trek, I think. Um, the movies. Um, and there's just so, so. It's almost like they're cheesy. And anything from the 80s is just like, I can't watch that. Like, I've seen it so many times. I've heard it so many times. I'm sick of it. I'm tired. You know? Um, that's how I feel about music. Modern. I can't listen to modern music. I only listen to old stuff. But even then, it's like, 
I know it's such a blue pill music. It's so almost brainwashing. As a kid, I, lo I loved music. You know, classic rock from the 50s to like the 70s. But after the 80s, things started getting bad in terms of music. Movies and TV, things were, things were decent, but sitcoms don't exist anymore. I really think you can just entertain in front of a studio audience? Nah. There are a lot of good shows, but a lot of them are animated, like Mike Tyson Mysteries, or Mike the Mike Tyson Mysteries, or Archer, or South Park. Yeah, those are some of the best shows ever. The Eric Andre Show, those are great. Fantastic. But movies are tanking. They're not doing well. Maybe like Greener Grass, Uncut Gems, Lighthouse, those are alright. Those are decent. But uh, they're not doing well. They're really not. They're not doing all that well. Um, but that, that's me. That, that's what a podcast is. That's what radio is. It's this intimate thing where you get to know the person. You know, you just, it's all about the, uh, it's all about the uh, interpretation. You know, what, what you get from it. You can put as much as you want into it, but you don't know what the viewer's feeling or thinking. Even though you're not enjoying it, they could be loving it. You have no idea. You really don't. So it's really just about entertaining, amusing, you know? Um, really, at the end of the day, I just want to be a guy. Because most of the guys in my family are very effeminate in certain ways. And that was always made me uncomfortable. And that's not a conscious thing. That's just a feeling, you know? Sometimes you just got to stick with your gut or whatever you feel, you know? If you identify as a whatever you do, then just do that. That's good. But I remember uh, I might have been 16 or 17, and I wanted, I loved music so much. I wanted to learn how to play piano. So my dad went to Goodwill, and he got this, piano he rented a u-haul truck and he brought it back and we lived at this bottom of a steep hill it was a dead end and you couldn't just push it uh up the stairs because he lived and you have you actually once you're at the bottom of the hill you go down this path and you keep going downstairs so you can't push a piano down this walkway it'll uh break the wood so next to my house was exercise uh uh Steps. Steps. You go up and down. And there are runners that go up and down. And you go from the dead end to the street and down all the way to the space needle. You know, it keeps going and going underneath the highway. It's beautiful. Um, and he wanted me to actually hold up uh, a 25-pound to, like, 40-pound piano. And it's like, I can't do this. I don't have any Look at this. This is a muscle. This is a, you know, it was even worse back then. Um, and I just started breaking down whenever he like pushes me enough to do something I don't want to do. Oh, I, the waterworks just start coming. I just start breaking down like a, like a girl, you know, that's all right. I'm only human. Um, but man, was that bad. That was terrible. I don't even know what I was talking about, but, uh, that was hard labor. That's probably the most physically abusing thing I've ever had to do. Like the hardest I've 
ever had to work physically. Hold up a piano for like 15 minutes. It felt like my arms were going to fall off. It was terrible. Ugh. But at the end of the day, I just want to be a guy, you know, even if I'm not strong. And I like talking about, you know, I just want to talk about girls, right? So I don't know how I found her, but there was this actress from like the 60s named Joey Heatherton. My God, is she gorgeous. And, uh, Blonde, short hair, long hair. Uh, back in the day, the the big stars were like Marilyn Monroe, uh, Gilda Radner. Those were huge. But to me, what really bothers me is when a woman is boring, when I can't handle her personality. It's like, yeah, she's really hot or she's really good looking, but uh, you know, uh, is she interesting? Because I have a very short attention span here. I can't. I can't do. It. Going, be going on dates with her, listening to her talk, and my head's gonna explode, for Christ's sake. I don't even believe in him, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think there was this one picture really got me, you know? Like, well, that is, that's beauty. But you find all, all, all these people, and to me, Something about Phyllis Diller that is really out of this world. She has this, like, dark, sick, twisted sense of humor. She did a a, a special in, like, 77, way before my time. Um, it was called On Location or On The Location. It was in, like, L.A. or so, I think it was. Um, you can find it on YouTube. But, uh, let me see. I don't even know where it was. Yeah, this is it. It was called... Stand-up comedy on location, Phyllis Diller, 1977. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. But uh, there's something something beautiful about her. My God. I sound very gay talking about her in this way. But uh, there's something very comforting about a woman with this kind of – she would literally joke about rape and her fat sister and – the crowd, half the crowd hated it, and half the crowd loved it, you know? It's like, what, she can't make fun of her own sister? She can't make fun of her own uh, experiences being uh, raped? It's just so funny. She had this bit where she joked about being raped upside down and still feeling nothing. <laughs> it's, it's so bad and, and twisted. It's insane and crazy. Like, you're... I don't think I've ever heard anybody joke about rape in that sense, ever. I don't laugh because something is a joke, because it's funny at times, because it's ridiculous. You know, whenever I'm uh, traumatized or fucking just really intimidated, I just laugh. Like, the other night when I almost uh, got fucking mugged or... uh, uh, there, there was another time I just laughed my ass off. I'm, oh, that's what it was. I was going to a movie. It was um, uh, Fathom Events was releasing all these old movies like Carrie and Stripes and, uh, oh my gosh, Science of the Lambs, uh, Willy Wonka, Citizen Kane, all these classics. And I was going to this movie theater. It was, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was in Santa Monica. I can't remember where exactly. But this woman was walking, and her 
her legs were so skinny while her belly was so big. It was just, if you just look at it, it's like, what is that? What the hell is that? When she, she was walking, it was like you had made Play-Doh or clay and stuck toothpicks. And she's walking, and it's like they're independent from her own body. I mean, it was just so crazy. What I was seeing didn't make any sense. I couldn't make any sense of it. Like, wait, that isn't even real. What is that? Come on. Um, but uh, it was kind of like somebody had stuck toothpicks in, like, this, this giant potato or uh, popsicle sticks. And she's walking. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so fucked up that that a, a human goes from a baby to that. I mean, you just laugh at it because it's so insane. I remember when I was a kid, my dad was so drunk. He chased me around the house with a broom. And my family just laughed. They were on the patio. Sitting, you know, uh, drinking juice. Uh, my mom was drinking like wine, and she—they were just laughing, having a good time. And I, I guess when something is that scary or traumatizing, you laugh. I don't. Th a lot of people don't understand. That's what humor is. It's what you use to get over uh, bad shit. You know. If you ever bullied, you gotta laugh at those things. I remember uh, what was it? The first day of second grade. I had just moved to a new school. So already I'm in this new environment, really uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar. And my parents aren't even there. I'm waiting for like an hour, hour or two. Nothing, nothing. My dad was at work, and my mom's also at work, but she's taking care of my brother, uh, babysitting him. And my sister get, gets out as well, and we're just freaking out. And we get put on a bus going in the wrong direction. This is like 2008, you know? Um, and I'm pretty sure to avoid that, my dad just gave us iPhones. Like, here's a phone. He gave me a crappy Nokia where you'd slide the screen. I've got these small little, um, buttons with text on them the size of, like, a, a breath mint or, like, a small Lego stud. It was literally, like, it was tiny. It was, like, a grain of salt. You could hardly press the buttons. But, um... Uh, what was it? We get put on the bus, and we, we get to a stop sign, and I look to my right, and here's this woman in this, like, dress, polka dot, black and white, like, she's from the 50s, wearing one of those weird, uh, head coverings they would wear, and high heels, pushing a stroller, and my mom just, just, my God, just a miserable fuck, you know what I mean? Like, she just couldn't handle it. She needed to get a babysitter after that. My sister's probably more traumatized than I was from it. And things like that's what humor is for. You laugh at things like that. But getting back to comedian, there's something about female comedians that are ugly are the funniest ever. You know, you have you have these really gorgeous women, uh, you know, like Joey Heatherton, Marilyn Monroe, Gilda Radner, um, Judy Garland, which is another my God, a story like that really just <sighs> breaks my heart. If I watch the documentary about her or uh you know things like that or you know uh people 
way back in like the 18th century, uh, writing about freedom uh, in this country, and it's just, oh, breaks my heart. But um, you have these comedians, you know, like Phyllis Diller, and who was uh, quite close to uh, Mel Brooks, Lily Tomlin. And what I love about Phyllis Diller, she didn't act like a woman, she didn't dress like a woman. During her special, her hair wasn't even brushed. Like she'd just gone out of bed, it was all frizzy. She wasn't even wearing a dress. It was like she dressed like crap. And that's why she was already funny because he didn't take her seriously and she looked like a mental patient. That just walked out of a, a psych ward. You have Lily Tomlin. Who is she, sure she's gorgeous, but it's like she's also ugly to an extent. Uh, Carol Channing, I don't really know. Anne Miara, I don't really know. Um, Lubagoy, uh, like the Yiddish there. She is not gorgeous even remotely. Not even close. But the positive thing I take out of this, if you think I'm being so mean, is she's probably hilarious. I mean, so funny. Because when you're not gorgeous, you have to work. Because in a relationship, you need to provide something. A guy might be uh, humor. It might be money. It might be looks. With a woman, it, it might be money. It might be looks. Or it's a personality. You need something to say. What do you bring to the table? Roseanne Barr, she lost a lot of weight. But she was never good looking, ever. But she's always been hilarious. Really funny. You know, going on tours with Dice. Uh, pretending to be Dangerfield's aunt. She's a, this, this uh, stay-at-home mom from Minnesota. Uh, Jewish. So fucking funny. Um, and then you have SNL cast members who are so bad-looking. I'm thinking, uh, where did you have your surgery done? What did, was it one of those crazy Nazi scientists doing this? Because they look as ugly as, like, women who get plastic surgery or, you know, like a facelift or, you know, one of those trans operations where the dick is like a, a plantain, you know. But you have, like, Rachel Dratch, who, like, you look like a guy. And you have Maya Rudolph. She sure looks like a R Rudolph, that's for sure. Um, Anna Gasteyer, who was actually... Pretty funny. I like her. Aidy Bryant, who who isn't funny, but she is good looking. Underneath all that fat, she could be very good looking. Extremely. Um she was on uh, Horace and Pete, which is uh filmed like a play. it's uh, Steve Buscemi, Alan Alda, Louis C. K. before uh he got uh, banned from uh, showbiz, and, uh, you also have, uh, if she just lost the weight, she could be so good-looking, she's really cute, um, then you have, uh, Kate McKinnon, who is, if she's not so, you know, politically correct and, and positive, and she just, just be yourself, don't pretend to be somebody else, then she, she is kind of funny, she is a, a little bit funny. But really the point is, that I'm trying to get to, is that fe uh, female comedians aren't good looking for a reason because they work toward it. Like, I'm not good looking at all. You know, my brother, the, the, the blonde kid, 
he was the one who uh, my dad always filmed with those home videos. And I'm okay with my looks. You want to know why? Because I've been around cameras my entire life. You know, if my dad wasn't uh, videoing us or it wasn't the iPhone, because that came out when I was like seven. And um, I got an iPhone when I was 10. And by middle school, everybody's Snapchatting. And then by high school, you know, there's pictures and there's you know, family portraits, things like that. And then by the time I'm out of high school, oh, there's Zooms. So I've been on cameras my entire life, so I'm pretty, you know, it's just me. It's not, not a big deal. But back in the day, it, you you had to, you were just very insecure about your looks. And, um, you know, people like Joey Heatherton, Gilda Radner, uh, who was it now? Um, Kate Upton, Amanda Cerny, uh, Kendall Jenner, uh, Michaela Peterson, who is very smart. Um, uh, Ann Coulter, who was who, smart but not good looking. <laughs> she looks so anorexic. Who is she competing with? She's probably one of the skinniest broads in the world. She's a genius. She's very smart. But she's also like... I kind of just want to... Give her like a donut, or like a birthday cake. Or in Southern Smart, Stephen Crowder, boring as fuck. But really, what I'm getting to here is that uh, these ugly comedians, female, are so funny. And when they're funny, they're funnier than guys. Most guys are funnier than women. But when a woman is funny, she's funny. Like, like Phyllis Diller. Like Phyllis Diller wasn't trying to be a star. She was trying to be a comedian. People like. Carol Burnett or uh, Joan Rivers dressed up, wore makeup, looked pretty. And although Carol Burnett, the uh, skits and the sketches on her show were hilarious, she wasn't that funny, you know? So, I love Dionymus. I relate to him on so many levels. But having these weird dreams, you know, I love Dionymus. I'm going to read this book and I'm just, that'll be in here for the rest of my life. People like him, people like Craig online. Um, Larry King, apparently an asshole. And that's why you should be mean. Be mean, be yourself. Don't pretend to be positive. Because then when you're away, you're going to be miserable. If you pretend to be positive and nice and you don't be yourself, you're going to get addicted to the bottle and the fucking the needle or the smoking. Just be yourself and you'll be happy. Who cares how many bridges you burn, you know? Uh, even if it's family. You know, my family hates me. That's because I'm being myself. For six years, I was a nice guy because I was a little, co- was a little cocky in the eighth grade, and my friends didn't like me, or people pretended to like me in the first place. But really, to wrap it up, the dynamist thing, the dreams thing, this, the, the female comedians, the models, be yourself. Don't pretend to be somebody else. You know what I mean? Um, be yourself. Find an interest. Just be curious. Uh, think. Uh, have fun. Be creative. That's really it. That's what this whole episode's been about. Dynamis is a nut. I love the guy. My dream would be to interview Charles McCord or even even just write him a letter. Uh, a text exchange would be beyond, out of this world amazing. Even on Twitter. Um... I'm having these weird dreams. They probably mean something, but I don't really care. Um, I need this. This is like medicine. After I did this the last time, I felt more confident. I had, you know, uh, 
self-esteem. Uh, I wasn't stuttering so much. It's not like I want to do this. I, I want to do stand-up, but I'm terrible at it. I've kind of come to terms with that. But this I need. It's like it, it's so helpful. Um, but at the end of the day, if you can't get a really hot girl, it's all right. But if you do, good for you. If you get an ugly girl, it's better because she's probably more interesting anyway. So, uh, my name is Sivan Shriki. Um, this will probably go up on YouTube or wherever else. Um, you can find me on Twitter, um, Sivan underscore Shriki, or just Sivan Shriki, wherever. It'll be in the link. Um, and uh, have a wonderful day. Not over yet. Oh no, it is.